Hello and welcome to or welcome back to a runner's life podcast. I'm the host Marcus Brown. I've gone from a 455 marathon down to running a sub three hour marathon. The idea of this podcast is to explore what a runner's life is by speaking to runners and experts to learn from their experiences and to expand on our own boundaries of what a runner's life could represent. If you want to get updates on the podcast or want to see what I'm up to, follow me on Instagram at a runner's life underscore podcast and at the marathon Marcus, all one word. If you find value in the show, please subscribe and share it with your community and leave a rating on your podcast platform that you use as it helps the podcast grow. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash a runner's life. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's head to the conversation. Hi, Amy. Welcome to a runner's life podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Really looking forward to talking to you today. So this podcast is called a runner's life. What does a runner's life mean to you? I guess a runner's life just means to me being able to put your all into something that you really love and being able to make progress at it and just enjoying it while you do it. I guess that's like the main reason that I run and why I have it in my life. Because you played a lot of soccer, what we say football in UK growing up. So how did you make the transition from that sport to running? Because for me, when I was at school and I played football, like running was like almost like a form of punishment. Like you had to do laps if you did something wrong or it was part of the warm up or warm down. Yeah, I mean, that I still thought that was a form of torture in high school and college. But yeah, I kind of toggled between the two uh, ever since I was little. When I was little, I was really into running. Um, but then as I got older, group sports became more important to me. Um, so I kind of just naturally floated over to soccer for the majority of my life. And then it wasn't until college that I actually started running again. Uh, I started running my first year of college, and I was also playing soccer at the same time throughout all of college, but it wasn't until senior year that I really started going more towards running and made that more full-time than soccer. What position did you play? (laughs) Outside mid, because they knew I could run forever, so they just kind of stuck me there and had me run up and down the field. Same. So I was like a left winger. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. So I'm kind of like, I'm good with both feet. So they just stuck me on the left. Yeah. You could sort of cut inside as well. So yeah, that's good to have yeah, both feet. Cause I think if you're say on the left, mm-hmm. left foot, you could obviously play on the right, but also cut inside, but they know what you're going to do every time. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, so at least if you're two footed, you can, you can, you've got a little bit more adaptability there. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I loved soccer, but honestly, when I got a little bit older, running just became something like such a release for me. And it just started to really trump over soccer. So by senior year, I was really, I was really leaning heavily towards running. And I focused way more on my running than on my soccer at that point. So it just was kind of a natural progression. Can you sort of pinpoint the point where you started to notice that you enjoyed running from that period in college? Yeah, so I did my first half marathon sophomore year of college, and then I didn't do another one until my junior year, so I was doing kind of one a year. And then once I got to senior year and I did my third one, I really saw a lot of progress, and I saw my times drop. And I think at that point, I really thought, wow, this is something I really enjoy, and I'm making some progress in it, and I'm seeing my progress, and it just became more exciting I guess for me I understand that your first half marathon was in Chicago right yep it was the Chicago half marathon that was to honor your cousin who sadly passed away from cancer yeah so my my other cousin his sister uh had initially asked me to do that with her to raise some money and we did it in his honor and that was the first one I ran and just looking back at it that race when you've completed it and just think about where you are today. I mean, have you thought like how your thoughts differ? If that makes sense. When I finished that first one, I remember I remember not wanting to finish it. I remember even almost stopping halfway through and being like, yeah, I'm done. 
just because it was such a one-time event in my mind. I thought like, oh, I'm just going to finish this and I'll be done. So I didn't really think about the long-term goals that I have. But now going into a race, I mean, if I stopped, it would be like a choice and I would know that I have another race to go and that I could do it over and everything like that. But in that moment, I wasn't thinking at all about any long-term goals or progress or anything. So my, my thoughts have changed a lot just because I give myself a lot more flexibility and freedom now. Yeah, I think like you say, the first one, you're doing it to it's a new experience you're doing it to complete it mm-hmm. and then you know when you reflect now you also I know it's a different time so it's it's hard to kind of put yourself back in that position <laughs> but like for example when I look at my my first run it's a completely different time I didn't have a watch or anything like that I mean I think I was running in my my soccer clothes actually <laughs> but obviously the boots obviously I had like regular trainers as well that, that was interesting but yeah I think the the way I think about running then to now is completely different Oh yeah, things have changed so much and even just in general like with the times. I I never would have imagined that I would have a running watch back then and I would be like able to track my times and all of that. I I was just running with my phone, I think, and I w- I like had my phone tracking my time like with the timer on. I don't think I even had anything else downloaded. Yeah, it's funny how things change as a runner. And one thing that made me laugh, we're going to get onto this in regards to your blog site, I think you sp- it's one of the races you spoke about that like you said some of the runners, right? They were wearing short shorts, and that was a designation that they're they're serious runners. Let <laughs> me laugh. Can you sort of pinpoint the, the the time that you sort of changed from just like a casual runner to a runner? Honestly, I don't think it's happened yet. <laughs> to be hundred percent honest, <laughs> there are times that I'll look around and I'm in like the starting corral at the very front, and I'll look around and just like giggle to my mom who's like on the sideline like look at this I'm with the really good runners and she's like Amy like relax (laughs) like they're all taking a warm-up jog and I'm just standing there like pretending to stretch it's it's really funny (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so cool just to like take you know enjoy it but like not to take it too seriously as well yeah I try not to I try not to have any expectations of my running I I love setting goals for myself and keeping myself accountable for some stuff. But at the same time, I try to like not hold my running to too high of expectations. I try to keep it fun. Well, you like to have some expectations, like like finishing. Like if you do yeah, a training run, you want to come nice. home and finish that run. <laughs> that'll be good. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> maybe back tomorrow, maybe back in the week. <laughs> See what happens. Just never know. <laughs> uh, Obviously, bad jokes aside, obviously, <laughs> you know, running does have you know something you've grown to love. And mm-hmm. it was obviously like the half marathon distance, which you started, that like we spoke about in Chicago. And then you went on to run several more half marathons. But can yeah. you kind of pinpoint the half marathon? Sorry, it was, the, I think it was the half marathon in Indiana that was a catalyst, right? Wasn't it for the, that started the half marathon challenge? Yes, that all started, like the idea kind of came to me right before I decided to do Indiana because Indiana I had no good reason to go do outside of I had started to pursue doing the states and I had kind of no idea at that point whether it was a realistic goal for me but um, that's where it kind of came to came to mind. Can you sort of pinpoint the reason why that you wanted to do the half marathon challenge and what does it represent to you? It kind of ties back to that first half marathon um, that I did for my cousin. So when I did that, I thought a lot about the fact that he he died at 13 and he didn't have a chance to go anywhere, see things, like do the things that he wanted to do. And for me, um, doing the States was kind of a symbol of just being able to take advantage of life. I guess it just came down to the fact that I felt a lot of gratitude for being able to experience things and go places and even to be able to run in itself. So doing the States was this lofty goal and I knew it was going to be tough, but it was kind of this thing that I felt like I should do to kind of show my gratitude for being able to do it. I think having like a series of wise is so important to why we get up and train Mm -hmm. because you know sometimes we're not motivated in certain days and sometimes we can draw on different strengths on different days 
So I understand, obviously, you spoke about your cousin being a big catalyst for why you run and how you started it. But just I'm just thinking as well, like right now, our whys always change. Is there anything specifically like it's happening right now that it's like a triggering as a, as a why for you to run today and to, to continue to go for that goal? Yeah, I mean, I think our whys are always evolving. And for me, nowadays, the reason that I run is honestly just kind of a release from life. I feel like it's kind of where I find my space. And it's it's just become this thing that in a world of very uncontrollable things happening all the time, your running is one thing that you can control. And you can't control all the factors around it, but you can control the effort you give, the rest you take, the pace you run, like all of those things are controllable. And it brings me a lot of peace, honestly, to have that one thing in life that you can ultimately control by yourself. And it's something that you can do off your own steam as well. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of running. Like you said, like you can get out, you can you have that connection with the wider world and just like just your own your own peace really. Yeah, exactly. It's your own space that you have for yourself. And when you're running, do you tend to like listen to music or podcast or you just kind of just listen to what's happening? Yeah, so I used to run with music. I used to not be able to run without music, actually. Um, but a few years ago, that that completely changed. And now I don't run with any music or anything. Occasionally, if I'm doing a like a kind of a slow run or whatever, um, like easy miles, I'll put in a podcast. But usually I just run, like when I race, I run without music or anything. And most of my runs I do without music or anything. Do you know what was the catalyst for sort of going from music to kind of just going without? I do, and it was because my headphones broke. Okay. <laughs> and at that point, like they had been broken for so long that <laughs> I got used to running without it. And then I tried to run with them again, and I was like, wow, I can't hear myself breathing. So I just kind of decided that it was no longer time for music. That's fair enough. I thought like some cheesy pop song came on your playlist. You're like, that is it. <laughs> Trust me, I, I I truly wish I had a better answer for that one. That's why I laughed. I was like, well, this is. <laughs> the oldest answer is the best answer. So no, I, I that is that is a great answer. <laughs> Things will happen when you need them to. Yeah, I think we need to find some indestructible earphones. Maybe it might change things. Yeah. Never know. Seriously. <laughs> Never know. If there's any brands out there, just like this is a, this is a plug. <laughs> Come my way. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm just sort of thinking about just the half marathon distance. What is it about that distance that captures you rather than saying doing like a 10K across all 50 states or doing a marathon across all states? What is it about the half marathon specifically? Yeah, I I just love the way that you can break the half marathon down. It's not a full out sprint, but it's long enough that you can break it into some sections. I always break it up into five, five, three. That's just like how I meant like mentally approach it. So I've just always loved being able to like be running long enough that I don't know that I'm able to break it up like that, but it's not so long that the training takes too long. And for me, 13.1 is like a manageable maintenance. Uh, for 26.2, I don't think I could stay in as much of a maintenance zone for like between races. But for the half marathon, I do feel like I'm able to like my mileage is at a point where I'm able to just maintain between races versus retraining completely. Okay. So it's basically running isn't always comfortable, but it's been in a spot where it's not too unmanageable, which can have a big impact in other areas of your life. Yes, exactly. Yep. I'm just sort of thinking, like, do you think there'll be any sort of marathon that will tempt you, though, to, <laughs> to try it out? Although I'm a bit biased, though, with the, obviously the tagline, the marathon marker. So, yes, I think, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do think I don't want to say it because I don't want to commit to it. But I do think after I finish the States, I will try to do at least one or two marathons 
if I can get a Boston qualifying time, but I will try to probably train for a uh, a marathon. Well, you've said it now. I mean, you've called it into existence. So it's definitely going to happen after you do the 50. I know. I know. I've never run more than uh, 15 miles. So it would be an adventure for me for sure. And definitely a challenge. So it would be, it would be a good challenge though. I'm definitely looking ahead to see kind of whether I want to go that direction after this. Makes sense. Can you talk a little bit about your training? Because I know you spoke about you're not running up over 15 miles, but you still do quite a significant amount of mileage per week anyways. What does yeah. your weekly running look like? So my mileage at this point is anywhere between 60 and 90 miles a week. Um, and it breaks down differently just depending on when my next race is and how many rest days I need and stuff like that. And just other things like whether you know I'm doing more strength or whatnot. But typically I do anywhere between five and 12 per day. And that just kind of depends on like everything else that's going in my life and kind of when my next races are. I try to average one half marathon or one race per month. So the week after and the week before half marathons are usually a little bit lighter and kind of more spread out. And then the maintenance weeks between uh, the miles are kind of evenly dispersed. So it's more so like between nine and 11 easy miles per day yeah that makes sense and you've really sort of taken quite a big chunk off your time from like nearly like two hours wasn't it down to sub 90 yeah so I started out about 155 I think was my first time or maybe 150 and I'm now down to 125 so yeah the racing shorts that did the trick (laughs) yeah it definitely was (laughs) and the headbands yeah I think yeah then you knew that you were a proper runner so it was the headphones that were the problem (laughs) the music (laughs) once the music stops things got real I love it it did it that could be like a tiktok video that seems like that's a video waiting to happen right there (laughs) oh man it would that would be a tiktok of me I want to get some credit for that though, to be I like the smallest <laughs> part of that, to be You do all the work, but I want some credit for that. Credit to you. Ah, <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, I mean, like I said, you've been able to sort of reduce your time, but I understand that you're not a coach as well. No, I am not. Um, a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the time that came off uh, had a lot to do with just building mileage. Um, when I started out, like I said, when I first started racing, it was one per year. Uh, wasn't any more than that and I wasn't training really in the like between those races I was just a few months before the next race I would start running a little bit more and kind of train up to it again and I was having to rebuild each time but I wasn't really maintaining between or keeping up with like that regular of a running schedule but then once I hit the Indiana half marathon I had been kind of like the the third and the fourth half marathon, there was a smaller amount of time between them. So I actually started building and maintaining mileage. And as I kept going after Indiana, I kind of started building that maintenance phase between races and started being more serious about building mileage and trying different things and doing time trials and stuff like that. So I became a little bit more serious about mileage. And once I did that, like year after year, I just kind of started building up more mileage until I felt super comfortable not having to keep retraining for the races. And at that point, I just saw times kind of start jumping down. Yeah. And you know, I think it's quite cool actually to get a perspective from someone that doesn't have a coach because like I say to my coach, and we've spoken on a podcast before, you don't need a coach specifically mm-hmm. you can still do a lot of stuff yourself and it's just really interesting to sort of see how it works for you as well not yeah. as like an oddity type thing but you know what I mean I think it's really refreshing because I think sometimes people feel like they need to have things sometimes it does work sometimes you, if you know yourself you know it just doesn't work for you, you can still work out the principles and just w- apply what works for you exactly I love how you said like knowing yourself because when I first started running, my mom was on me about getting a coach. And she was like, you could be really great if you got a coach. And I was like, I could be really great without a coach. Like, I don't need 
like my personality type, I know myself well enough to know that the minute somebody else tells me to do it is the minute it's not fun anymore and I don't want to do it. And I don't want to get to a point like that. Like instead I would like to, of course you have to seek advice and you have to seek support with certain things and get outside opinions and try to learn. Um, But a lot of it just came down to kind of listening to my body and listening to myself and really like starting to tune into what I was needing and how I was feeling and building from there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And just sort of going back to the idea of completing the challenge, once you complete it, which I have no doubt that you'll do, <laughs> what would it mean for you? It would it would mean so much. I have put so much into this, uh, so many hours. I I really would love to count up the like hours and the miles and everything. Um, but when I first started, I didn't have a reliable way to track it, so that would be tough. But it would just mean that I completed something so big that took so many days of just pure consistency and dedication and traveling. And I work several jobs just to make money to be able to do the traveling. Um, It would just mean everything to me to be able to finally say that I completed it and did what I set out to do. I almost feel like it'll be really like it's the closer I've gotten to the end of it almost the more uh, like the harder it's been because it's almost like I want to get there but at the same time I don't want it to be over because you put so much into it that you come to like rely on that as such a sense of just like it's your whole life and it's hard to realize that like that chapter is going to close but that's also so exciting too because you get to do something new yeah I like the way you frame that I've seen other people do the majors and similar challenges to you and they they get there at the start it's amazing but then you get closer to like to the end like you say and you're thinking oh my gosh I know this is getting one step closer than what am I going to do afterwards mm-hmm. And I know you spoke about potential things that you you may do as well but I think that's really cool that you've thought about it and at least you've got something potentially in line to to move on to for the next chapter yeah I I thought that was a really important thing to do because it's almost like retiring right where you like you have to have something that you know or that you want to explore after that really excites you as much as what you're doing now yeah have you ever seen the movie dodgeball (laughs) yes (laughs) do you know at the end when he's like Ben Stiller's character is sitting in in his couch (laughs) That is not where I expected the conversation to go. <laughs> That's what I was like, when I did my majors, I was like, this is not happening to you, to this. Oh, <laughs> I was like, do fun. not stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those things that you, you don't want it to end. You want to move into a new the new chapter of your life. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I... Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully that landed. Some of the jokes land, some of them don't. But... <laughs> I think they're landing. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. I'm obviously quite mindful that at this stage I've put quite a few questions your way, but this is obviously like a two-way conversation. So is there something in your running or training or life, is there something happening at the moment that I've not focused on that you really wanted to talk about on your social media that doesn't get covered as much? Hmm. Um, one, one thing that's really been nice, kind of almost off your last question, is that like another area that I've been that I've been able to kind of focus my running is, and I'm not sure if you've seen it, but I've started this group called the run with aim group. And it's a lot of women that we're all in kind of a community online and we focus on our goals and supporting each other. And it's been really nice, especially right now with COVID uh, to be able to connect with other female runners. That's something I'd never been able to do really. Um, And just being busy so much, I don't often have time to hang out with all my friends. So it's been so nice to be able to do that. And it's another thing that I've been able to kind of focus on as I start to get to the end of that journey. What is your sort of, it's hard to sort of say long terms, but what's your sort of short to medium term goals with that? With the group, the run with Amy? I honestly, (laughs) I'm not 100% sure. We just kind of changed the structure of it from being one group to several teams because 
the group was getting too big uh, that we needed we needed to find a way for it to be more manageable and for people to connect on deeper levels. So now we're doing teams and I don't know, the the number of teams is four right now and it could be more. It could, you know, we'll see what happens in summer, but we have three months to figure it out, which is nice. Uh, but it kind of just started on a whim and it's, it's kept going every month because the women keep wanting to continue and keep wanting to get to know each other and everything. So it's been kind of a surprising journey and like one that I did not see coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sort of get, trying to get my head around the idea of community and kind of why it's important to you to start that kind of support system. Yeah. I, I had a lot, when I first started, I first started my Instagram account about a year ago and I wasn't really planning to do anything with it other than just document running each state. But as I continued with it, a lot of women started reaching out and asking me questions and asking for advice and asking for support. And that was like an amazing thing that I didn't see coming. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought I could give them all of my insight and all of my, what I've done and, you know, all of that. But what would be even better is if they had multiple women that would be able to connect with them and give them support and maybe even similar experiences. The more people you have, the more experiences you have, the more suggestions you have and advice and like tips and resources. So the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I wonder if these women who are reaching out to me would be interested in just all being together. And, you know, I could keep it fun with challenges and prizes and, it could be a space for all of us. And I invited a few of them and everybody wanted to do it. And it just became this ever growing thing. And it's amazing, like how this thing has sort of grown through this kind of COVID era, really, where people are feeling, you know, disconnected. But, you know, thankfully, through the internet, it's been able to connect people. Because it's funny enough, before COVID, I think the internet was getting a lot of bashing, wasn't it? It's kind of like, oh, you know, the internet's really bad. Social media's bad. Yeah. Boo-hoo, social media. But now everyone's like loving Teams, loving <laughs> Zoom. Yeah, and it's been nice to use it in a, like, use social media in a way that really, like, empowers people in a way that is genuinely, I feel, and they feel, like, helpful for them. Um, it's nice. Yeah. Mm. And you spoke about a, a way to, you know, empower the people, but what makes you feel most empowered? It just, it's empowering to hear, to hear these stories from other women and to know, I mean, I feel like as runners, we can get so stuck in our own like races and our own running. And it's empowering to hear almost kind of like the other perspectives and the other challenges that are happening and knowing that it's like, you're not alone. Um, that's very empowering to me. I feel like that helps me to, really realize that it's okay to have those challenges and it's okay to have obstacles in your way and it's okay to take those rests when you need them and just reiterating that to other people almost reminds you yourself of it yeah no absolutely and I think showing people what is possible when they may not have the confidence to do it this lifts everyone else up yeah exactly and and also like just that you don't have to do it any specific way, right? There's no one, especially in running, there's no one formula that's going to work for everybody. And that's the beautiful thing about it. There's, there's not just one strategy. And so it's nice to have a, a space where everybody kind of can know that and see that. Yeah, that makes sense to have that sort of safe space, supportive space, especially now, I think it's so important. And it'd be amazing to see it grow past COVID-19 no one really knows really what, what that future is going to look like <laughs> moving forward yeah we never know what I it's almost a little bit like giving me a little bit of anxiety to even think about post-COVID right like we've been living in it for so long yeah it's like it's so true because when you look at photos you're thinking is that pre-COVID or post-COVID mm -hmm. or just how people are going to react when in big groups and like how it poses so many different questions that we probably didn't really think about before obviously sanitation and personal space that was obviously a key <laughs> thing but we never really thought about it's probably so much not everyone I think it's a sweeping statement but some people probably didn't think about it as much as now yeah 
definitely. It's going to be, it's going to be a transition just like it was coming into yeah. it. I mean, it's strange though. Cause like, for example, if you're speaking to someone, I mean, like for me, for example, when I speak to someone face to face, I'm not right in their face, obviously, cause that's just, that's just rude. <laughs> but but you know, pre-COVID, you'd have like a certain distance because obviously I think that's just the way things are. But like now, you're mindful as well that you don't want to be too close. That's a really weird conversation. Yes. You're just like a couple of meters apart. And it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> it really is. It, everything has changed so much, especially in racing too. Um, have you done any races during all of this? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to run a marathon last year. And yeah, that was crazy because we had to go off in blocks. Mm-hmm. runners yeah. and obviously we were actively discouraged not to be running together and it's just strange it's like a time yeah. trial isn't it it's weird it's been hard it's every race has been different for me that I've been grateful enough to do during this but it's really crazy to see all of the different measures being taken and all of the different like strategies being used it's it's wild yeah and I know this is probably like a first world problem but you know when you cross the finish line and say you've had a really good result you're just there celebrating by yourself and then you've got to go and pick up your own medal it's just so, such a weird feeling compared to like previously it really is <laughs> yeah yeah and I was in Vermont and when I crossed the finish line it was literally just me in a field house like just me in the finish line <laughs> I look around and I'm like I don't even know where to go like I don't even with myself it was literally just me by myself at this finish line just like hanging out like okay I guess I'm done then um (laughs) already it's so confusing isn't it I mean you don't want to celebrate too hard as well yeah it was very by yourself I admittedly did celebrate hard at that finish line because it was my first race back and I like I cheered so loud because I had I had done way better than I had expected to do when I first came back so I like stood there by myself just cheering myself on <laughs> I think it's so important to be your, your own cheerleader isn't it oh for sure hell if no one else is going to celebrate you got to celebrate yourself definitely <laughs> but obviously that is the reasons for it now to us I think it's, it's, it's celebrating at a distance so that's fair enough but moving on to those kind of experiences one thing that I really love is your blog raceacrossthestates.com and if anyone's not read it I would encourage you to read it because like I was saying to you before I think it really presents like a different view on just races and just the whole experience as opposed to being very dry in terms of just like you know I put on my race shorts I pulled exactly. up my gels and I ran and I conquered it and I was awesome. Then I had some beer and I did it again. <laughs> Definitely. Because it's never that simple, right? There's a lot no. that goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> no, I mean, like, for example, we're saying offline, like, one of the stories that made me really laugh was what happened in Manchester, New Hampshire, and how you described the coffee shop with the five guys in it. That was that was a strange experience. I My mom and I still laugh so hard about that. And it was so funny because this is like 30 minutes before the race starts. And she's like, I need my coffee. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're going to be late. I'm going to be late for the race. Like this needs to really hurry up. We walk into that coffee shop and it was like, we walked onto another planet. I just like, (laughs) strangest situation. We did end up going to another coffee shop. (laughs) Like it's it's this coffee shop outside. You go and have some coffee and it's like coffee. (laughs) they like didn't have anything that we needed it was like just like four guys just standing there just like sitting there watching team or watching uh soccer just like turned around looked at us like what do you want what what are you guys doing here like this is a coffee shop right (laughs) like oh sure we have coffee like (laughs) they're looking at you like what is the secret word you're like coffee they're like no (laughs) that's not the secret word wrong try again (laughs) exactly at that point you're just like look we need to get our coffee before the, the race oh it's so funny my mom yeah she comes with me to almost every single race so she's a big part of almost all of those stories no, absolutely I want to talk about that that part about you, your mum and family as well but I know I spoke about that experience about you know the, that that coffee shop but can you sort of share any other funny experiences I mean what's the funniest thing that's happened to you so far in the 37 races that you've done oh 
man, there have been so many different things. Um, when I think about some of like some of the race, oh gosh, I've been so many different places. It's hard to even pinpoint all of them, but I will say in Texas, in Texas, the post-race celebration got a little, got a little crazy because we were, we were celebrating and we went to, we went to this place and we're sitting uh, and grabbing a beer and these two men come up to us and they're about my age. They're like 26. And one of them starts hitting on me and the other one starts hitting on my mom. And I'm like, this is getting crazy. And it's just like, just like these situations that I would never expect to happen that I don't know. It's so nice that we get to experience them together, but there have been, there have been a lot of, a lot of funny pre-race meals, a lot of funny post-race celebrations. Um, Before I set my PR in Arkansas, my mom and I actually did a wine tour the day before and we went, we went on an eight hour wine tour and mixed our own wines. And it's, if you want to see the pictures of those, it's, it's, it's funny that those are the experiences that I had the day before I PR'd. It's kind of almost a reminder that like, sometimes like your mental and emotional, like happiness is most important before that race. <laughs> Cause I was in a great mood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine. <laughs> it was like nine o'clock, and I was like, "I want some chocolate cake." And my mom was like, "What? Like, no! Like, you can't have chocolate cake right now." <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. I think yeah, I think these sort of experiences are so fun. I think that's the thing I like. I love about the half marathon distance is like you can at least, if you're going to go traveling and do stuff, you can at least, well, up to a point, like you said, you can enjoy yourself and be like, a little bit more relaxed. Where if you're doing an ultra or a marathon everyone's in bed mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> at a certain time do you know what I mean there's no kind of tomfoolery there's nothing yeah exactly. all that stuff happens post-race exactly and I like to say like I like to remind myself that like every different race like has its own thing like sometimes I go to a state and you know the race is the most important part and sometimes I go to a state and there's a national park and I know I'm going to go explore the national park after the race and the race might not be the most important thing to me that day or that trip. Like what might be most important is saving my legs so I can do hiking after. Like, so I like to remind myself that like every race has its own reason and they don't all have to be exactly the same. And I don't have to go for a PR every single time. And every different state has a different reason for me. And it's nice to kind of like remind myself of that with the traveling that it kind of adds this piece that it's like, this race doesn't have to be about just, or this trip doesn't have to be just about the race, but then some of them are, some of them, I go into it and like in Manchester, like it was a lot about the race in that one. I went into it and I, I knew that I was going to really try my hardest in that one. Um, and some of them, it's nice to be able to do that. Yeah. I think you, you, what you're saying is like, you know, it's not that you're not taking it seriously, but you know, you're not making, just the PR, the running, your everything. And the thing that I really like about it, and maybe it even ties into the earlier conversation about your cousin and just the age that he sadly passed and just not been able to have the opportunity to go and travel. The thing I like about your your written words is that it's you, you're just looking at the ordinary, the everyday, just the irony of little things that people would, would miss and just be like in a huff about, but you know, you can find the humor in those things, which I really like. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there have been, there have been some, some fun situations. I remember one, one race, I forgot to charge my phone before it. Cause I, that was when I still listened to my music before the race. Um, yeah. And I forgot to charge my phone. I wake up in the morning. I realize that my phone is dead. It's like 30 minutes before the race. And my mom's like, well, go get the charger from the car. It's already pulled up like in valet and just grab the charger and charge it for as long as you can. So I run down, I grab a charger, I come back up and it won't fit my phone. And my mom's like, well, why wouldn't it fit your phone? It's the right charger, right? And we look at it and she's like, where did you get that charger? And we realized that I had gone into the wrong rental car (laughs) and I had stolen a phone charger from some random car. my phone so my phone ended up being dead anyway for the race because I stole and 
I even wondered when I went in the rental car, like why there were pictures of other kids like on the dashboard. And I was like, this is strange. And she was like, what? Like nothing made you stop and question that. (laughs) She was like, you didn't realize that you were in a different car than yesterday. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Those stories like are everything to me. They're like way more important than, you know, any PR I could get, it's like all these memories that I accumulate throughout this journey is incredible. And when you sort of skate it back, I mean, running and everything else, I mean, life, those are the kind of really important things. Those are the things that we remember. No one's going to be like, oh, Amy, do you remember when you did this race or did that? You're going to be sitting at the table with your mom and whatever and being like, oh, do you remember when this happened? Do you remember when that happened? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things that really make life really rich. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree completely. And you speak so highly of your family and your mom in particular because she's been to nearly most of your races. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of talk about the importance that she has in terms of supporting you and being at your races for you? Oh, she is. She is the best. She is my biggest cheerleader. She cries at every single finish line, whether I, you know, whether I PR or whether, you know, I barely finish the race, she's right there every single time. Um, she's made a lot of, a lot of things happen that I didn't expect, like gifts, uh, like races for gifts and trips that I didn't expect to be able to afford that she helped me out for my birthday or Christmas or something like that. And it's, I don't know, she's truly the best support system anybody could ask for so although like this 50 states is partly your goal it's not saying it's your goal but it's like a sheer it's like a shared journey for both of you really yeah it really is it really has become this shared journey like when when I finished the race she's like where are we going next or like she knows exactly which states I need and she she's been pushing me to really plan out these last two years so that she knows when she can finally go to Hawaii and like she she is right by my side for almost all of it yeah it's it's almost like so how's your day Hawaii (laughs) it's like okay I get it I get it (laughs) yeah she's like you really need to plan this out I'm like who does I do or you do like it's like we we (laughs) so i'm thinking hawaii spring 2022 i'm like okay yeah it's like it's put it it's speak it into existence and make it happen so i think it's so cool to sort of hear like like this the impact that she's had and just those little things that all matter to making it the best experience that it can be yeah yeah it's been it's been amazing to be able to share that with her i feel like i'll have so many memories in my back pocket just of her and of our time together and we always take a special trip like to one of the states I need for her birthday in January and it's just really nice it's nice to be able to share something that means so much to me with her because it it means a lot to her too I mean she's like my my coach that I'd never had (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of like the the kind of job title that no one wants it's like (laughs) you're the other coach that you never wanted but I'm here (laughs) she always feels so bad she'll like she'll occasionally like really screw up like she'll be like at the halfway mark and she'll be like Amy you're the first woman and I'm like don't tell me that and she's like I'm sorry I'm sorry like it's like or she'll like text me midway through the race and be like don't worry the second person just finished I'm like why would you tell me that like don't tell me that so she she always feels bad when she like does something like that but she's a good coach otherwise she sounds like an awesome person but like when anyone says to you look don't worry but <laughs> you said it now yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyhow but no she's obviously brings a lot to the party so I think that's incredible to hear and can you kind of share what's your favorite race so far and what's your favorite state that you've been to so far mm. Yeah, that's always one that I get asked, and it's so tough. Um, my favorite race was probably Ogden, Utah. Um, that one was really beautiful, and it was mostly downhill. So selfishly, I was just like, this is great. Um, but you kind of ran down this hill, and there were these little mini waterfalls on the sides, down the like little cliffs, and it was just super nice. It was a beautiful race, and it was in April, so the weather was perfect. Um that race was really great. And I mean, Arkansas, I will never forget being the first female of such a big race that 
moment will forever be etched in my mind. Um, but outside of that, I really liked Portland, Maine. I had never been there or expected to go to Maine. So that was one that it was really fun to explore. Um, and it just isn't somewhere I naturally would have probably gone without this adventure. So it was just a good reminder of like the places that I get to go. Uh, but those few really stand out to me as being some of my favorites. I really like the Las Vegas uh, rock and roll half marathon too. That one was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot going on there as well. So I think that's yeah, it's such a cool experience. But like you said, it just sort of shows the different parts of America. You've got New England, Maine, just an absolutely like beautiful say in the fall, for example. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. It was, it was in I believe it was in October, or September maybe. And although we sort of start on a positive note, I mean, are there any states that you're not looking forward to going to? <laughs> um, no, I there aren't really any states that I don't want to go to. But I will say West Virginia was a tough one, um, mostly just because of the race itself. It was held on this motocross track for some reason. And they did not have it marked very well. And people ended up getting lost and just kind of running in circles. And you would ask the people where to go. And they were like, I don't know, which lap are you on? And nobody knew. So everybody was just kind of running around this thing, like, like out of nowhere. And I, when I went to go finish, I was only at 10 miles. So I had to turn around at the finish line and go make up mileage again. It was just kind of a disaster. But that one was less than thrilling. Um <laughs> But the other ones have all been pretty, pretty great. I I don't know if you saw, probably not, but four of the states I actually did like a do-it-yourself series. I did four half marathons in a week. And that was during COVID and it was during the summer because no races were going on this summer. I couldn't find a single one. So I just kind of decided to get in my car and do my own personal road trip. And I stopped and four different cities, ran a half marathon and kept going. So that was, that was a fun adventure. And I did it kind of through like the central states of America through, I, I went through, um, where did I all go? Kansas, Iowa, Colorado, and Nebraska. So those four were tougher mentally just because it wasn't a real race, but they were still really fun. Um, it was a, an adventure in itself. I guess it's like another part of the, the story, isn't it? Another chapter, you, you're kind of making it happen. It's being adaptable. Yeah, it was It was like almost a mini challenge for myself to do, you know, the four races in seven days. It was a different type of adventure, but I knew that I didn't want to wait until, you know, whenever races opened up. I had no idea at that point when that would be. And I just knew yeah. that if I didn't keep going at that point, I didn't know I didn't know what would happen or when races would be happening again. I definitely didn't anticipate being able to do one again in December right away, um, but or even November. But yeah, it was like a a, a mental challenge for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've done all that training, and it's just doing something completely different. So, with that being said, with the current situation that we find ourselves in, have you got any races booked for for any states uh, coming up? I'm redoing Arizona on March 27th um, just to get another race under my belt. But the next state that I will do is in April and it's in New Jersey. How come you're redoing in Arizona? Uh, mostly just because I couldn't find any states going on or races going on in the states that I still needed. Um, and I knew, I know I still want to race. I, I need kind of that race to get me, to make me kind of stay in my routine of doing one a month or whatever. Um, that routine is really important to me. And so I just kind of have been picking places I want to go. <laughs> and Arizona, like I would love to go there right now. So that's like a, a good option. Okay. Have you got like a time limit on when you want to complete it? Because I know you're sort of saying about wanting to do one a month or just sort of keeping that rhythm. Yeah, I try to do like at this point I do like one every month or two, um, just depending on kind of what else is going on. Sometimes, you know, all my weekends are busy and that's totally fine. But I would say I average about 10 a year. So I'm looking to be done like mid-2022 probably. Okay. 
And I mean, just, just sort of thinking about just the whole journey. I mean, can you sort of share any moments so far that have happened that have sort of rekindled your your faith in I know humanity or just sort of showed like a true sense of community? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why, but my like. <laughs> When you asked that, my my mind immediately went to an example of when it didn't, um, but <laughs> it just came to mind. But one time I went the wrong way during a race, and this girl let me go the wrong way until she was ahead of me because she was in second, or I was in first place and she was in second. She let me go the wrong way past me and then shouted behind her back, like, you went the wrong way, and then she beat me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that was like... I was like, I would never do that to you. Like, but it was totally fine. But back to your question of the opposite. Um, I hope I hope Karma <laughs> sort of revisits her because that's that's just not sportsmanship, is it? Really? I was like, I like, <laughs> and this happens to me a lot. Like, I've gotten lost or went the wrong way like four or five times in different races. But I didn't think I was going the wrong way in this one. But I was first, so I really didn't know. I was just kind of going whichever way I thought was right. And the fact that she waited to tell me, it was just so funny. Um, uh, that was, But it was, I will say, it was for a cash prize. So, I mean, she was she was in it for the money for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but back to your question. One thing I just love is just seeing runners cheering runners on. Um, I just love, don't you like love when you finish a race and like there are runners who have finished like still there cheering people on that always, yeah. that is always just so heartwarming to me. Um, and I always make it a point to go and congratulate anybody who, you know, I ran by during the race and it feels like others try to go out of their way to do the same. Like I've had a lot of people come up after a race and just congratulate me, you know, whether they finish before or behind me. Um, but if we ran kind of next to each other at all, it's almost nice that there's a sense of like camaraderie bef- between runners where you can go back and congratulate somebody, whether they finished behind or before you. Yeah. That's something that we're definitely missing right now, obviously for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's the amazing thing. Like you said, like I think when you complete a race and you see other people, completing the same distance you kind of generally know what is the right thing to say yeah other than saying something like you're almost there <laughs> you look so strong do not say those things no no definitely <laughs> not that's like what my mom would say and I'm like you don't get it like you don't you're not yeah. understanding that's not helpful <laughs> no it's like you look so good it's like do not lie to me <laughs> I know exactly how I look <laughs> exactly yeah so uh, no I think that's amazing to sort of hear just that kind of support but I still can't get over that 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 woman I mean that's just I know that's terrible (laughs) it is that is one that I will always remember it was just so funny um I can imagine I just turn around at the end just like half like shouting going oh you turned around you've gone the wrong way it's like really thanks for letting me know at the time I feel like anytime like if you're gonna pass somebody in the final mile it better be like at the beginning of the final mile like and like I, I get that you go faster but if you're like all the way at the front and somebody's like right in front of you just you know do them a favor and like do it right away not like right in the final countdown <laughs> like um, but it's pride though as well I mean like if I was to win something I'd want to win it in the right way yeah. you know I wouldn't want to know it in my conscience that I've cheated someone out of potentially winning so oh, it was funny though my mom thought that was so funny she laughed at me for <laughs> so long <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which race so far has sort of taught you the most about yourself there have been a few races that were particularly tough um one that comes to mind is New York and another, there's one more that I was just thinking about the other day that was just a really tough race, but I can't think of it right now. Um, but New York was one of my tougher races and I could almost barely finish. I, I, at that point I was definitely overtraining a little bit and I was just so tired. I was tired and I was sore and I didn't want to finish it at all. And it was one of those weird like setups of a race where this one was a down, back, down, back, down, back. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't like this at all. Um, But I just, it taught me a lot about like the reasons why I wanted to run. And I really had to like rethink 
like my training strategy and, you know, more is not the answer. And like, I clearly, my body is trying to tell me something. And I really had to like, kind of almost go back to the drawing board and just rethink what I was doing and remember that like not every race had to be a PR. Cause I think at that point I was at number, I don't know, maybe like 15 or so. And I almost was getting stuck in this mindset of like, every race has to be a PR. Every race has to be like my best race. And because of that, I was like pushing myself too hard, too fast. And it made me pause and really think about like the other reasons I needed to run. Um, it was nice because it was in New York City. So me and my mom went and did a lot of New York City stuff. And it was just a nice reminder that there's way more to it than just, you know, PRing. Yeah, I think it's so important. On one hand, we put so much effort into running, but then sometimes we get these lessons, these highlights along the way that actually running doesn't owe us anything. You know, mm-hmm. things can happen and it's taken away. And that's just obviously in life as well. You know, life isn't fair in some aspects as well. So, but. I think sometimes it's quite hard to take sometimes in running. Yeah, definitely. It was a tough lesson because it's tough as a runner to tell yourself to do less, you know, like that's not a, it's not a comfortable thing sometimes. Um, But it was definitely a lesson I needed at that time because in my opinion, I was definitely probably on the verge of injury because of it, because I was just pushing so hard. And sometimes it's, it's definitely important to pause and rethink like, okay, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Like, what, what is really going to get me to the next level? And is it doing more? Or is it doing less? Yeah, like you said, sometimes doing more isn't necessarily better. And it's Mm -hmm. been able to listen to yourself and know when to kind of pull back. Yeah, exactly. I think as well, that's something that you, you can also like, get support with and, you know, give advice to in your community group as well because I'm sure there's other women that have gone through the same sort of thing and I will go through the same sort of thing. So them hearing your experience will definitely help, I think. Yeah, we talk, about think that. we talk about that a lot, just like normalizing the the periods of rest and even normalizing like the down periods, like the periods where you're not seeing growth um, and how important those actually are and how just because you're not seeing the growth happening doesn't mean it's not happening. It just means that at this particular time like you're growing in a different way and that's totally fine or you're growing just hasn't surfaced yet yeah no absolutely and I think those kind of things are so important and something I've been thinking about recently is just the idea that you know running fitness is rented we have this idea that it's something that we hold it's something that we own but the more I kind of get get into it I just sort of realize actually it's 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 a part of who I am, but it's it's not something I can control. And it's just trying to be mindful and, and obviously just grateful in, in certain aspects as well. And I'm just sort of thinking, I mean, how do you kind of find the balance between kind of training, you know, and going for this goal, but then not letting that pursuit kind of impact other areas of your life? Yeah, I mean, that that is, it's such a tough balance, right? It's, it's tough to balance running and like all of your passions really. And also just the daily things of life between work and just your own pursuits uh, and family and relationships. It's tough to find that balance. But I guess for me, I try to always remember that it's not like a have to, I don't have to run. I get to run. And when I when I get to run is kind of up to me and I'm in control of that. I try to remember that like I, I'm in control of where I put my time, where I put my energy and every day is different. That's another thing I really try to remind myself of. Like every day requires a different balance and that's totally okay. And I actually like at the beginning of every week, I map it out and I look at which areas of life need the most attention right now and is running like, does it need more or less of my attention this week? And is, is that going to happen? And how might that impact my performance? And once I have that kind of understanding of like, okay, this month, um, you know, work is really busy and that might impact my running in this way and that's okay. And I'm at peace with that and I know it. And like, what can I actually like fit in this month with running and what, like, what do my goals look like? And 
you know, I try to remember that like each, each month is going to be a little different. Each year is going to be a little different. Each day is going to be a little different. Um, and you know, that's okay. And it's okay to adjust your goals accordingly. Yeah. I really like the idea you talk about just seeing what's on your plate, so to speak, and just going towards where the energy is flowing rather than trying to fight against it and be like, no, mm-hmm. I need to do this mileage. I need to do this. You're kind of like, well, sometimes I might need to pull back just to, you know, go to other areas of my life. And I think it's just about finding that right rhythm, which is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And just knowing that the rhythm is going to change. Like, you know, it's going to like some day, like some months you're going to be like all in on your running and your running is going to be stellar and like, it's going to pay off and it's going to be awesome. And you might even hit a PR and then you might get to a different season of running and it's way different because your life looks different. Like maybe you had a child or maybe, you know, you start a new relationship or job is, you know, increasing your time. Um, it's just important to find like realistic expectations with it. Yeah. Or your mom's basically going on about the Hawaii trip being just like, look, <laughs> I told you we're booking it for this time. Let it exactly. go. <laughs> Moving to the final stretch. I was sort of thinking like when people look on your social profile, they have an idea of who they think you are. But Ooh. when you kind of look back at yourself and also your family know you, I mean, who do you kind of see looking back at you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess when I, when I think about what I'm trying to put out onto social media or what I, the image that I feel I'm giving, um, just, kind of almost a different perspective to running kind of like a lot of the things we talked about like that like you don't have to have a trainer and like be you know top of everything and um, do it a specific way like I kind of almost want to show that like it's okay not to do it that way or it's okay to like start where you're at and kind of learn as you go and listen to yourself and just have fun with it and make it an enjoyable experience um so I guess that's what I see is just me kind of trying to enjoy the journey of it and enjoy the process of learning as I go because I feel like every single day I'm I'm learning and growing still as a runner uh, and I don't have all the answers and I feel like that's part of what I try to portray as well is that you know, I don't have all the answers and I don't know everything about running and that's okay and it's okay not to. Like you can still keep going anyway. I think that's such a cool way to look at it though, because it keeps you open minded because I feel like if you get to stages I know everything, not saying you do, or being sure of things, then you end up closing your mind to opportunities and just different ways of looking at things. Yeah, and who wants to get to the end anyway? Like who like I would never want to get to the end of it. And, you know, what What would that even be? I, I wouldn't even know where I'm trying to go at that point. Like, there, you're always going to have yeah. space to grow. There's always going to be a next mountain to climb. There's always going to be a next goal to achieve. And if you're not, like, having fun while you're doing it, like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to – there's always going to be a next one anyway. They're waiting for you. So you might as well actually enjoy the process while you're at it and while you're in the moment that you're in I think that's such a, a great way to just to look at it no I definitely agree with that is there one non-negotiable behavior habit or even superstition that you do daily <laughs> uh no there isn't before races I write run fast on my whiteboard every single time I've done it since the very beginning so that's when I have for races but that I do daily no, I don't I don't think I do anything daily. <laughs> Everything kind of just goes <laughs> comes as it comes. I think that one counts though. I think that counts as a superstition. So no, uh, I think it's a good one. Yeah, that's really the only one I've ever followed. Why run fast? I don't know. It just in my mind it means not necessarily fast, but it means just run like as fast as you can. Like just run as fast go out there and just run as fast as your legs are gonna go that day <laughs> and I don't know I've thought about changing it because my views on running have changed since I started the journey so much that if I were to start that habit now it would probably say run happy but 
it's just like you said, it's a superstition, so I don't change it. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, but you know what it means, though. You you know it means to run your best, so it's not necessarily just exactly. faster at the cost of everything else. So I think as long as you know that 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 that's what matters. So I think I mean, thank you for sharing that. Exactly. Yeah, I know that there's a different meaning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's been fascinating talking to you. Where can people follow your journey online? Uh, they can follow either on Instagram at Race Across the States or like you brought up on my blog, which is also raceacrossthestates.com. Either one of those. Great stuff. AB, it's been great talking to you. I've really just got so much from this conversation in terms of I think sometimes it can get lost, you know, while we run and to not forget about the enjoyment part, but then also the work that you're doing with the community and just encouraging and you know, having a safe space for women to feel seen to be heard I think it's so important and just like you said and towards the end about you know when you're going at running just do your best and just I'm not saying have no regrets but just to go and just do your best I think that's that's the important thing as long as you know you've done your best then no one can really take anything away from you so it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you for being a guest on the Runners Life podcast thank you for having me it's been a lot of fun talking to you and hearing all of your jokes <laughs> <laughs> you say that you're going to put on the blog and be like oh my god this guy freaking had terrible <laughs> jokes had the worst banter ever <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you <laughs> <Cheers. Welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of a runner's life if you found value in this episode and you want to support the show please share with your community post on your social media channels and encourage them to listen and subscribe if you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash a runner's life. If you want to get updates on the podcast or you want to see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at a runner's life underscore podcast and at the marathon markers. Your time is valuable. So thank you for spending your time listening to this episode of a runner's life podcast. <laughs>